Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Jason Placeway from the Mount Lookout Chiropractic and Sports Injury Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, is joining us today. He specializes in, and let's see if I can get this right, temporomandibular joint dysfunction. It's definitely a mouthful, haha. Uh, cervical spine and low back rehabilitation, as well as dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, or DNS, which uh, I really want to dive into today because I'm starting to see a lot more of that in places that I work. So, Jason, thanks for taking time out of your day to join us. I appreciate it. I'm glad to do it. Well, tell us a little uh, bit yeah. about yourself and about your background, where you come from, and who you work with. Yes, so um, I'm a chiropractor uh, by trade, and I work at Mount Lookout Chiropractic Sports Injury Center. Um, our facility has seven chiropractors and um, two physical therapists, along with a physical therapy assistant. We also have acupuncture, um, and we also have an MD with us one day a week um, from, uh, from UC. Um, it takes on some of our um, more complicated cases. Um, my background is that I was an athletic training major um, in undergrad. I went to Wilmington College, um, just up the road here from Cincinnati. And then I went to Logan College of Chiropractic um, out in St. Louis, uh, where I got my degree. And then later on, I uh, studied with the Prague School uh, for about seven years, where I uh, became a certified practitioner, a DNS practitioner, and a certified uh, trainer um, with their DNS program. So I traveled to um, Prague um, in 2015 for about a week to finish my education over there. I went through a week-long um, seminar and um, just kind of hands-on um, education over there to finish that off. And I, can, I continue uh, to, throughout the year, do anywhere from 20 to 30 hours of uh, continuing education through the Prague School. Oh, wow. And that's your primary focus now? Yes, along with chiropractic. I mean, chiropractic is always my first, my first go-to. Uh, adjustments and spinal manipulation is always my part of my treatments and the, how I view things. But the DNS has been able to um, just open my eyes to some of the um, things and some of the whys out there that that uh, bring in the conditions that I do. I'm able to see kind of why they've chewed up their hip or why they've chewed up their low back, and uh, to be able to treat those things um, through, through rehabilitation and and um, further treatment. Okay. Well, talk a little bit more about the importance of chiropractic work because I, I I have another friend who's a chiropractor and, you know, I, I feel like they unjustly get a bad rap. And, and I tell people, you know, and obviously I'm not a chiropractor, but I tell people, I feel like it's like anything else. You have to stay on top of it to see the real benefits. You know, it's just like exercise or eating healthy or, you know, whatever, whatever else it is that you have to stay consistent with. It's not a one-stop quick fix, you know, for most exactly. people, there might be anomalies exactly. out there, but, you know, tell, tell people a little bit more about why uh, chiropractic work, how you, you feel it's important and who it's for. 
it's very important. It could be for anybody um, suffering from musculoskeletal injury. I tell, um, from the chiropractic aspect, I tell everybody that, you know, if it's a bone, muscle, ligament, joint, um, we're it's kind of that portal of entry. We're, we're probably the first people that should see that. We can figure out, do you need x-rays? Do you need imaging um, beyond x-rays, MRIs, things like that? Do you need to see a specialist, an orthopedic, or something like that? We're a great portal of entry, and a lot of these injuries that um, – you know, maybe don't make it into us. So we do great in our, in, in our office. And sometimes people think about just the spine um, right. for, for chiropractic, but actually we treat all joints of the body. And I, I treat just as many hips and knees and ankles and shoulders and TMJs that I do uh, low back and neck. Um, and I think that what you were saying about uh, the bad rap and stuff like that, I think just that comes from just um, a population that just wasn't educated on musculoskeletal medicine. I think for, a lot of years in the United States, we went more towards um, drugs and surgery, which are, you know, fine things in, in, the, in the right circumstances. But uh, the U.S. didn't do a lot of manual therapy. And we have physical therapists here, but there wasn't a lot of other doctors doing what I would call manual therapy, chiropractic, physical therapy, soft tissue work, things like that. We've been more of a, um, a quick fix society. And um, I think chiropractic is really coming out now and showing that, um, you know, we, we can we can treat this thing with exercise, with manipulation, with soft tissue work, and things like that. Uh, we can completely rehabilitate some of these injuries um, rather than masking some of the symptoms sometimes. And there's always those cases, and a lot of cases that also need um, a surgery or um, some medical intervention to go along with it. But I'll be finding a lot of these things can be can be managed on um, on a conservative um, platform. Right. Um, we. Um, and then always things, things come up like, you know, well, if you go once, you always have to go and things like that. And what I told people about that is, is um, it's like anything. Like you said, like a diet, you can't do a diet one day and then expect to, over the next 30 days, you know, lose 30 pounds. It's, it's, it's a continued process. And a lot yeah. of times people come in to see me and I say, hey, this is going to take, you know, six or eight weeks to, to get this um, get this healed up. We have to get the inflammation down. We have to rehabilitate the body so it's working the right way so it stops chewing up that L5-S1 in your spine or stops chewing up your hip. We have to get the muscles around it doing what they're supposed to be doing. We have to do joint manipulation to get the joint moving right, and that's going to take time. So it'll take time for your brain to adapt um, and get to the place where um, it can it, it can support that joint in a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. And I think more people are starting to become, uh, hopefully, maybe, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, but the people that I talk to are more open to chiropractic as like a holistic approach. And I feel like people are just now getting to the point maybe in the past like decade or so of realizing that surgeries they should be like the last the last uh point More of the uh, last resort yeah, yeah exactly exactly that should and be even the, when the those end. things yes and even when those things are needed um, we're talking about the importance of you're going to need rehabilitation you're going to need right. manipulation and things like that before you get the surgery and, and after you get the surgery to support whatever if they had to do a hip replacement we still got to get your hip muscles um, doing what they're supposed to be doing or we're going to have problems with that um, that hip surgery itself. We have to get things moving above and below the way they should. Um, we have to have a musculoskeletal system that supports um, any surgery that was, that was done. So, right. you know, yes, we want to try to conservatively manage it, but if it comes to the point where we do need a surgery, we want to get that, but we want to have the body be in a really good place 
that it can support whatever um, the surgeon is going to take care of the pathology is there. If we take away the pathology, we still have to fix the why the pathology got there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like I, I've had clients who go through hip and knee replacement surgery, and you know they come to me saying this. I'm if this is going to happen. I just need to get this stronger. And once we we do get that the muscles around the joint stronger, uh, they see a quicker recovery. You know, and in some exactly. some and in some Absolutely. places that the doctors even are shocked because they recover so fast. But it's you know taking care of what's around that that joint or the tissue that's really important. Right. So and I think the term the term prehab is really catching on. We're, yeah, we're it is. Doing rehab before their their surgeries, and I'm glad that's that's becoming even more mainstream. Is to do the rehab before you go, the way your function that it's optimal when you get the surgery. Yeah. Again and again, it goes back to being consistent with that. Right. I mean, if you come in, you know, a week before a surgery, sorry, I'm going to be able to show you some stuff that a practitioner is going to be able to show you something to maybe help you afterwards because they're very similar in style prehab and, 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 uh, post tab. But you know, it's again, stay consistent with it, get it, get ahead of it if you can. And then you're going to have a, a much more, uh, a greater, a better outcome. I always tell people too. They always come in and say, "Well, you know, I'm feeling great. I come into your office and I feel great and stuff like that." And I always tell them, "Remember, you're just you're working with me here for 15 minutes of your, right. Right. you know, the rest of your 24-hour day. If you go right back to the same um, activities and same bad postures and same thing like that, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need to come back to me tomorrow because so it's a big that they are able to adapt the things that they learn in the office into the exercises, but they also are able to put those into their daily postures and daily activities. Yeah, it's probably the most important thing." So that's where the maintenance and the and the consistency comes into play. Well, that's when it becomes a part of their lifestyle. It's no longer just a exactly. quick fix. It's a it hundred percent is part of your lifestyle when those things start to adapt when you don't see your practitioner. That's same exactly. thing with exercise. Like I, you know, if I see somebody uh, twice a week for thirty minutes, strength training may be beneficial for you know that might be the the minimum dose that they need, but. There's things that they have to do. They meet me halfway with their nutrition, with recovery, with stress level. Like there's all sorts of other stuff that go into it. So that makes total sense to me. I do want to get into the the DNS side of things because when you and I first yeah. spoke, we we talked about um, you know where your starting point is, and you mentioned that the DNS side of things. So tell people a little more about what that is specifically and how you help treat your patients with it. So DNS starts with my my evaluation process and it's part of it's one it's probably it's all encompassing it's part of the exam it's part of the treatment and then my chiropractic work my soft tissue work and everything fit inside of kind of what i find on exam and um I, you know i do a, a traditional spinal exam and things like that but my dns approach is i'm going to watch the person move um, we're going to look at diaphragm function um, we're going to look at look at their core stability um this the ankle uh, hip we're going to look at the stability around that thing and we're going to watch them move and what DNS is, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, is looking at things from a, a developmental aspect. Um, we know very well now how infants develop um, through life, from, from birth on through three or four years of life, and um, very well mapped out the motor program, how the motor program works in the brain, and how we are able to um, gain or adapt our movement as, as we get older. And we, an infant, when it's first born, can't do anything, but then by a year, you have a person that's getting ready to walk, and there's a very specific um, motor program um, in the brain as the brain becomes more myelinated and um, the person begins to move. There's very distinct motor patterns um, that everybody on earth has, um, and we tend to lose those things, whether it's through posture, whether it was because of something developmentally. Um, we know the child in development, right? And that can be a wide spectrum of things from 
cerebral palsy, the hip dysplasia, to maybe they just don't stabilize their low back very well. So one of the things we see kids in the U.S., they, they sit at a much too early of an age um, nowadays you know, with, with daycare and like that and all the different little gadgets we have to do with our babies. We sit our babies long before that eight and a half to ten month time period when a baby can actually get to a seated position by themselves hmm. um, and, and stabilize the spine. So I'll evaluate a person and I'll see, wow, you have a lot of lordosis in your, in your lumbar spine, just posture. They don't have the ability really to upright the spine at age 35. We can look back and say, you probably never gained either a really bad posture for the last couple of years, or they may have never gained that stability due to development. And right. so kind of the U.S., and some of the other countries we know is kind of four in 10 kids may be off a little bit from that um, motor program that's kind of specific. And it kind of goes through this, uh, it goes through a cycle in, in all kids. We know that at this age, they should be able to sit. At this age, they should be able to roll to their side. There's, there's a give and take a few weeks there, but they should hit these milestones. But we can see later on in life, um, in different positions, in different movements, they may have never gained that um, or lost it through an injury or, or stability. So we want to take that and take them back in an exercise fashion to that developmental position and then train the musculoskeletal system and train the brain to rework that motor pattern, um, to get the brain to work and the muscles to work in, in synchrony and do what they're supposed to do. Um, and it's very, very, very successful. Um, another aspect of it is, is actually evaluating children with it. We're able to see now at a young age, are they hitting these milestones at, at three and a half months? Are they hitting them at six weeks? Are they where they should be at four and a half months? And we're able to show the parents different things to do with the children um, to kind of get that motor program to promote um, proper function so we can fix things early on. They shouldn't, shouldn't be put in any position that they can't get to on their own. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's, part of, that's, part of, that's part of the stability pattern is to gain the ability to do that and the brain to be able to be myelinated enough or mature enough to get them to stabilize them in that position. Um, DNS was originally um, discovered um, by a, a Czech neurologist uh, named Boyka, um, who his job was to go around and, and treat kids with cerebral palsy. He started to figure out when he treated these kids in certain positions and put them in certain positions. Um, which ended up being some of the developmental positions that spasticity would go away for a short period of time. So that's flexor dominant spasticity you see with a, a kid with cerebral palsy, the spasticity would actually turn off in some of these developmental positions. And I started to work with them and he, his um, technique, which is Voigta technique, um, that's what DNS is spun off of. Where we actually figured out, um, Dr. Pavel Kolaj was able to figure out that if you exercise treated patients in the developmental positions, um, instead of just using Voita technique, you were able to actually rehab them in those positions. It was very, very um, successful with that, and that's how DNS was kind of born um, at the Prague School. Okay. So what exactly is the DNS um, program then? So in terms of like your diaphragm function, abdominal uh, pressure, and, and things like that, how do, you, how do you use those to, to adjust someone or to, you know, to stabilize the spine? About, yes, in DNS that we have to... With any movement, whether it be a hip movement, a spine movement, anything like that, we always have to establish sagittal stability. So forward and backward, you know, front to back stability, straight ahead. And that comes into play at about three months of a child when their child is first able to start to be able to bring the head up from the the floor um, to bring the the eyes up to see things. Or if they're on their back, they're able to bring the legs up off the floor. And you see that in children um, at, at that age. They're able to bring the feet up and by six months they're playing with their feet and things like that. 
that's the first time that the brain has started to be able to use the diaphragm um, to create intra-abdominal pressure. So diaphragm okay. descends as a stabilizing function, not just as respiration, but now in a stabilizing function, creating intra-abdominal pressure, uh, pressure against the pelvic floor, transverse abdominis, and we get that cylinder or canister of stability uh, with rib cage directly over the pelvis. Once we establish that, then we can stabilize the spine and start to move joints um, freely off of that. We have a stable base. So I always tell people, if you drive by a construction site, you see the big crane out there lifting heavy stuff. It's always got its um, stabilizers put down on the ground on the side and the wheels up off the ground. Without those stabilizers, that crane would just tip with the weight. So how can we expect to be able to pick up something heavy with an outstretched arm if we don't first have our stabilizers down? And our diaphragm is, is, the, uh, is the starting point for that. It's proper diaphragm function. We usually start with breathing patterns. Um, are they able, able to um, use the diaphragm in, a, in the correct way? It will expand through the rib cage, um, postulate the diaphragm over the pelvic floor so it can create pressure down. Just like a French press, you think about with your coffee, can the diaphragm push straight down to the bottom? Hmm. Um, and they got rid of things like vertical breathing patterns and things, um, normalize the breathing patterns of the diaphragm, then be able to introduce that stabilizing function of the diaphragm. It's kind of the basis of DNS. Okay. So once, once you have some, how long does that take usually typically with like a, a healthy, normal person who is coming to, well, let's say relatively healthy, normal person that's coming to you. Right. How long does it take to, to build those pathways? It, it can take a couple of weeks. And that's sometimes what I talk about. It, it can take a couple of weeks to do rehab. We may be doing... Um, rehab on an Achilles tendonitis, but if they have massive amounts of erector spinae tension, hamstring tension, calf tension, which is causing the Achilles tendonitis, for me to shut down that erector spinae, um, a lot of times we have to change breathing patterns, get diaphragm to stabilize the way it should, then the erector spinae can turn off in the back, allowing the hamstrings to shut off, allowing the calf to shut off, and then Achilles can start to heal again. So okay. a lot of times there's a week or two period of there retraining someone's vertical breathing pattern to normal breathing patterns and then teaching them to stabilize, use their um, diaphragm in a stabilizing function so they can shut down some of these other muscles that they've been compensating with. Um, you know, you're, you're always going to find people, the people who have tight erector spinae in the back are going to have tight calves every time. And that person could come in with low back pain or, or an ankle or foot injury. Plantar fasciitis would, 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 from that also. Um, so it may be way upstream where we need to change a stability pattern to shut down something further down, further down the tracks. Yeah. And that's a, so. I like, I'm glad that you used that term because it kind of segues in. So, you know, we, we look as even as a trainer, you know, when, when I'm assessing someone going through just like a, a, a squat position, you can really see it in a squat position. I kind of look at that upstream, what's happening above the hip, what's happening below the hip. And you kind of assess those um, differently and you kind of address them differently and eventually you get everything to line up. Right. So, right. so once a person kind of grasps, grasps the DNS philosophy and they can really engage, uh, what you're trying to tell them to do, what's the next step from there? Is it automatically go directly to the source or, um, what's the process look like after that? Well, after we were able to establish that diaphragm function and the basis and, and probably a, a low level, simple position, um, we're going to branch out to say it, say it is an Achilles or something that we're going to work on. Um, we're going to branch out in a, a exercise position where they're able to use foot stability, okay. diaphragm stability up above and below that area. We're going to use a, a large movement or a large position where they're able to engage all those things. We're going to want diaphragm to be engaged in good core stability. We're going to want uprighting of the spine, proper hip position. We're going to want good stability at the foot 
to then start exercising the position to take the stress off of that of that position. So, um, it, yeah, it's gonna just it kind of grows on itself as we yeah. get st- the spine stabilized and we're able to move out towards hit the hip and then further out towards whatever's going on. And yeah, a lot may- of times you know you you fix the upriding of the spine and you fix um, diaphragm function. Also, and they say, "Wow, my shoulders are already feeling better," and we haven't yep. really done a whole lot with my shoulder yet. Position has a position stability proximally has a lot to do with distal uh, mobility and stability. So, right, yeah, that, and that makes total sense to me. I'm, I'm familiar with that kind of mentality and philosophy because there's people that come in with um, maybe some shoulder pain, uh, let's say like in their rear delt around their scap, and we'll do some mobility work with their pecs for a few weeks, and all of a sudden they start to notice that the pain in their in their shoulder blade dissipates. And, um, right. and vice versa, you know, that they might have pain in their pec or, or their front delt or down into their bicep and we start working on their back and getting all that, all that tissue kind of worked around and a little softer and pliable. And, uh, next thing you know, their pec starts to loosen up and it's, right. it's, lot, yeah, go ahead. A lot of times we do, uh, that's what we do find is the site of pain is not really where we need to treat at all. Right. Um, that's just the area that's getting chewed up due to something else up or downstream. Yep. Exactly. So what else do you have uh, in the works right now? What else are you and the other chiropractors working on? Anything in particular? Um, I'm just, right now I'm just continuing my, my, my DNS education. We try to take seminars every few months. We've actually started to bring the DNS seminars actually to our office and are offering them to um, chiropractors and MDs and trainers in the area. We brought the exercise series um, to our office um, over, over the last year. And um, so we're trying to bring those, um, a kind of a home base here where we're able to have some of the seminars here close by that um, trainers and, and doctors can get to to learn, start learning some of this stuff. Um, we've really found that working with the trainers out in the community is really great that we can just be able to um, treat them in the office, but then yet, hey, let me let me, let me give your trainer a call and I want to yep. use these two positions. And they're kind of right on the same uh, page as we are uh, as far as the treatments go. And they're able to continue on with some of the rehab as part of the training process. Yeah, that's so important to have a network. If a person is working with a chiropractor, a trainer, a physical therapist, all of those people need to be in sync, right? I mean, there's just no doubt about it. They shouldn't be working. For some reason, some people, and granted, there are terrible trainers or terrible chiropractors. There's terrible everybody in any kind of um, uh, professional setting. But you got to at least be open to hear what the other person's doing to see if you can either help you. Well, the whole thing boils down to helping the person you're working with. So if you're not in communication exactly. with everybody else that they're taught, they're talking to that they see on a weekly or a daily basis, you're, you're not doing your, your due, uh, your due diligence, I think. So that's right. pretty, that's, right. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to spread the word and incorporate the rest of the community into what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's great. So if people have more questions or want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach out? Um, you can, a, a simple call to the office um, is, is a good one. Um, you can get our, our, our information on our website, www.malakoutchiropractic.com. Um, you can get, um, they can email me personally, um, drplacelay at malakoutchiro.com, um, or they can call me um, on, on my cell phone even. Um, to, to call the office, they are usually pretty readily available to get that. Um, but yeah, we're just a okay. phone call or email away. All that it's very easy to get a hold of us. Um, the doctors are not look out. We love to answer questions. I mean, we get notes every day on our on our mailboxes. Hey, so and so called. They're thinking about coming in. Is this the right place for them? We'll gladly give them a call. So just give a call an office, and someone um, will we'll, we'll get back with you and get in touch with you and be able to answer any questions they have about about that. 
Well, look, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time again, man, and spreading some knowledge. And I'm definitely going to do some more research on uh, DNS myself and maybe pick your brain some more. So um, I, I appreciate the time and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Glad to do it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.